0: Hey, you guys, let's do this. It's going to be so professional. Mm-hmm. Like, so professional. Here we go. Welcome to the Live Support Podcast with your hosts, Michelle Van Dusen and June Colson. A couple of clean comedians who support each other and others through comedies Wacky and Whining Roads. I hope you're ready. Get set. Let's go. Since podcasts have a catchy tune. We wrote this song for Michelle and June. Clean comedians are best friends, too. Oh, so good. <laughs> and you never know what they'll say or do. Here goes in with on my support, or, or, with Michelle, who's really short. We'll have a ball, 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 with June, who's really tall. They have fun, done, uh, done, uh, interviewing
1: comedians on my support, or, or, with Michelle, who's really short. Now it's time to start Labs Award. The Labs Support Podcast, is brought
0: to you by the Hot Breath Comedy Network. There it is. There it is. Epic theme song. (laughs) Welcome to the Live Support Podcast. I'm your host, June Coulson, here with my best friend, Michelle, with 1L Van Dusen. You know it. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Michelle Van Dusen. I I am so... Tore up excited today. Like, I am so excited about our guest today. I can't even stand it. But do you need to breathe for a minute? Do we need to have a <laughs> time zones are created by the devil? I really believe that the devil made like time zones and underwire bras and bumblebees. Like, that's all those are the three things I for sure know were placed on this planet, not by God. I don't, okay, y'all, that's not biblical. Okay. And you'd know that if you read your Bible. I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> Read your Bible. Oh my goodness! Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure that underwire bras might be mentioned in the book of uh, what Proverbs 31. I think it's in there. I think, you think it is. So
0: you think? Yeah. No, I just I was writing some material about that the other day, and I, and I said every time a woman gets stabbed with a underwire in her bra, I feel like men should have to wear barbed wire underpants. That's what I think. <laughs> That's my thought. I feel like <laughs> it's the briars. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. The joys of being a woman. The joys of being a
2: woman. Joy, joy. joy How joy, you doing, joy. woman? Are we are you excited for our episode today? I- Oh my gosh, I am I like I stayed up really really late last night, not because um I was studying hard or anything. It was because I was so caught up in all these other interviews that our guest has done. Mm. I'm like, "Oh, wow." Yeah. Oh, and then I started to get a little intimidated about who we're speaking with today. And I'm like, yes. no, "No, no, no. No, just get that out of your brain. Get that out of your brain." But then this morning, because I got like everything out of my brain, I realized yeah, uh, time wise, I'm completely on the wrong time zone right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I'm listen. I'm like, oh, I got another hour. I got another hour to be ready. No, no, I had three minutes to get ready <laughs> for today's oh, show. My goodness,
0: <laughs> Can you, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what I would look like right now, lo- knowing what I look like when I woke up. If I only had three minutes to get ready. Oh my geez. And you just look adorable. And we've already had a conversation backstage with our guest about your amazing smile. And she is correct. Uh, you know, (laughs) our, our good friend Rhonda Corey, we talk a lot about one. You're so photogenic. Your eyes are ice blue and amazing. This is for our people who are um, podcast listeners. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see it. And your smile is ridiculous. This is why when Rhonda filmed her dry bar, you made it on the the cut of the video. And I did not because you smile and you laugh and you always have such a good time. And you are just that light. And I am like so excited to have another amazing female comedian who's going to be with us, who I can tell you, Michelle, I met our guest. Uh, in Virginia, in Triangle, Virginia, at mm-hmm. the um, LLGCA. And I can tell you that before uh, she spoke, before I knew anything about her, she is one of those people who walk into the room and there's this beautiful presence about her. And the thing that I noticed most was that she looks at people in a way that they know they're seen. And that's mm. a huge gift. You know what I mean? And yeah. it was just this like that, you know, aside from the amazing talent and her story that we're going to get to hear momentarily, she just is that kind of presence. And it's no doubt that she was a trailblazer, that she continues to hold the respect of the comedy community. And um, I just want to get her on here real quick before she's like, what did I, what am I doing? What about these women are talking about support bras? <laughs> I thought there was clean comedy. So <laughs> Michelle with one L
2: <laughs> Get it together. This is serious. It's clean comedy. Make sure you wash those bras. That's all we're saying. Yes, you wash yes. If you your wear. bras clean, it's
0: a clean, it's clean <laughs> comedy. Uh- Look, look! It's your job to inter- to introduce our okay, um yeah, yeah. and, and by the way, she probably knows how to handle a Michelle, because it's my understanding that <laughs> she has a Michelle just with two L's, not one L. So Michelle Van Dusen, oh, well, this very second, one.
2: tell us about who we have on the show. Okay, all right, hang on. Let me let me get a drink of water because this is a this is a much longer introduction than I've ever done for anybody. So hang on. Mm. It it could go on and on, but yeah, go for it. Yes. All right. So here we go. Our guest today has been in the entertainment business for over 50 years. She still continues to perform today. She was an associate writer for Saturday Night Live. She hosted the Roast of the Champion Muhammad Ali. She's toured with Whitney Houston. She was the opening act for the Greatest Love World Tour. (laughs) She's worked with countless entertainers like Jay Leno, David Letterman, Gladys Knight, Robin Williams, Jeffrey Osborne, Jerry Seinfeld, Shaka Khan, Rosie O'Donnell, Dick Gregory, and the list continues to go on. Mm. She's authored a few books. In 2013, she received the Lifetime Achievement Award from the Living on Laughter Gospel Comedy Association. And in 2017, at the Indie Author Legacy Award, she received the Maya Angelou Lifetime Achievement Award. Plus, she has an honorary doctorate degree. let's do it. our guest is the first renowned African-American female impressionist in the history of this great nation. She can do a ton of impersonations like Whoopi Goldberg, Wendy Williams, Monique Fantasia, former first lady of the United States, Milana Trump, Joan Rivers, Tina Turner, Lily Tomlin. I could keep going, but we need to start this interview. Yes, we do. Welcome. Let's welcome to the Laugh Support Podcast the Queen of Impressions, Dr. Sylvia Tramore Morrison. (laughs)
0: I'm tore up. I'm tore up from the floor. There she is, Miss Sylvia. Welcome to the Laugh Support Podcast.
1: Well, well, thank you first of all for having me. But look, that intro, I'm I'm sitting here going, oh, I can't wait to meet her. I can't I wait know. to meet her. But more, more so, the song that introduces this podcast is just delightful. It's just <laughs> delightful. I loved it. I said I, I I could have been on that song with them, but you guys did a perfect job. It was great.
0: Uh, right. I'll have and to send you. your compliments to my uh, brother-in-law and my sister-in-law. They're bluegrass music musicians, and they uh-huh. um, they constantly have people in their home all the time that come from all over the place that just sit around, and they they call it picking and a grinning, and they have banjos and violins and bass guitars and all of that, and they just, you know, and so, yeah, so we hired them to do that amazing it was fun. but Sylvia, we um we are just so excited and honored to have you on the Laugh Support Podcast. As I was telling Michelle, I met you in Virginia, and um, when we were starting season two, uh, you know, I had met you in season one, and yeah. we were starting this season. I told Michelle, "I was like, if she will have us, we have to invite Sylvia Traymore Morrison because it was um you just left such a a, a beautiful impression." Um, which I guess impressionists can do that. I guess that's your thing, right? <laughs> but not of the impressions of other people, but an impression of you as a human being. And so, as she said, so you were, are, this country's very first African-American female impressionist. Yeah. And yes. I can't imagine that um, that journey happened without some laugh support along the way that surely there was a few people that God kind of put along your path um, that encouraged you or looked out for you or were there for you. So we're just going to we're just going to hand that over to you and let let you share a little bit of who's been life support for you along your
1: journey. That's a you know, when when we first talked about it earlier, I thought about it and I realized that when I first started doing comedy in the early days, I didn't know anybody else that did comedy. Mm. Everybody I knew was already established. Um, I didn't know them, but I mean, knew of, let me say that. Right. Um, And just so you guys can kind of understand where I was at that time, there were no comedy clubs. Mm. There were no comedy clubs when I started. So my venues were birthday parties, uh, anniversaries, school classrooms, out my front yard, uh, cookouts, that kind of stuff. So there was no place that I could go and meet other comedians because,
0: Mm.
1: you know, I did my very first professional show in 1969 in Washington DC at Constitution Hall. And it wasn't that I was like the featured comedian, because like I said, I didn't know any comedians who uh, were actually doing comedy at the time. And
2: Mm -hmm. it wasn't
1: until, I entered a pageant. I entered the Miss Black America pageant because I saw on the Flip Wilson show where they had these four beautiful black girls come out on stage. And I, my whole dream was to one day be on national TV. That's all. I just wanted to mm. be on national TV so that people could see that I could imitate people. Now, I, I, I want to back up just a minute. <laughs> I got to <laughs> tell you guys this because I'm telling you, June, when you said um, time zones, uh, wide bras, and beads. <laughs> I was back here cracking up up. and one of the reasons is because when I was maybe five or six years old, I could hear bumblebees. I knew when they were around and I not only could hear them. I could make the, you know, their sound.
0: Yes. And the reason
1: why I laughed so hard is because you were like, you don't believe God put them. (laughs)
0: I'm allergic (laughs) to bees and underwire bras, I think.
1: (laughs) And you know what? The bees knew that I knew that they were, that I knew about them Mm. and they all wanted to be my friend and I didn't want them for friends at Mm. all, not at all. And they would follow me around. I would tell my sister, who's like a year older than me, I would say, there are bees around and they're on the way. And mm. she was, why do you keep saying you can hear bumblebees? Nobody can hear bumblebees. I said, I not only can hear them, I can I, I don't want to sound like them because I draw them. Yeah. So
0: uh,
1: when I the first time I went on a an actual comedy room stage was when the comedy store was only four years old. Mm the comedy store in LA, because I I got to LA by way of, uh, I had, uh, in the pageant, they sent me to Europe to entertain the American troops from the, from the Vietnam war. And this guy who was a big comic back in the States heard about me. He didn't see me or anything because we didn't have all this wonderful internet stuff. But, um, he read about me in a couple of magazine newspaper articles. He says, "I'm going to see this girl. She can do impressions. That's unheard of. It's unheard of." So he he had his team to fly me out to L.A. and that dude was Red Fox. Uh, oh who,
2: wow!
1: Yeah, Red Fox was my first manager. Let's do that. And then um
0: what? Okay, we're just gonna pause and say that one more time. <laughs> who was your first manager, Sylvia? Red Fox. Oh my gosh. Okay, keep going.
1: <laughs> I signed my very first management contract with Red Fox. Now, while I'm in LA, when I went to the comedy store, I met a couple of guys who you know they were doing comedy just like me. Mm-hmm. And I saw so I think I may have seen one other female at that time. Mm-hmm. So, my girl, she had black hair. I wish I could find her. I wish I knew who she was. I could remember who she mm-hmm. was. Yeah. But we're talking the early seventies. And um, but I did hook up with some comedians who were funny, and I had no clue. I don't think they had a clue either who they were going to be.
0: Right. So I'm
1: in line with Jay Leno.
0: Mm, never heard of him.
1: David. <laughs> Let- How about David Letterman? How about David? Yeah. Oh,
0: Isabel? Gosh. <laughs> and my
1: favorite, my favorite from back then. Was Robin Williams. Mm, and yeah. Robin, if anybody encouraged me, it would be Robin Williams because he would say to me all the time, You know what, Sylvia? You're going to be big. You're going to be big. You know, and mm-hmm. not even realizing that he was going to become the Mork of Mork and Mandy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've never met a kind nanu, of man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. He was so nice and he always said, Every time I see you, you I'm, I'm fascinated. You know, and I'm like, now keep in mind, he wasn't Robin Williams then, he was he was Robin. He wasn't the big yes. star and all this other stuff. So once he did become who he was and uh, I didn't get a chance to hang out with them that much because yeah. I had to come back home because my my dad was dying. So I said to come back to Washington DC, mm-hmm. which is where I am now. And um, uh, I found another, I moved to New York, so I could be close to my mother instead of all the way out in California. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy who was hosting a place called Catch a Rising Star in New York City. So I went up to him one night, and I had been to uh, a couple clubs, but I, I didn't work them because they weren't—they wouldn't allow me on the stage mm. for various reasons, whatever. Okay. Wow. So here I go to this guy, at Catch a Rising Star, and he looks at me and he says, "You know what, Sylvia Shaw? Come on and do your three to five minutes." And that guy was Jerry Seinfeld.
0: Oh wow! Okay.
1: Jerry Seinfeld. And I always give him his proper's when, um, when I'm speaking of him. Or I've, I've actually just met his best friend, who is George Wallace, another comedian.
0: Yes, yes. That
1: that's a whole story in itself. What a blessing that was! You, oh my God! And when I when George invited me to do. Uh, his show with him at the Bethesda Blues and Jazz uh, Club. Uh, I I kind of opened for him, and the next day he called me. He says, "You know what? I called Jerry Seinfeld, and I told him your story." <gasps> and I said, "Did he remember?" He said, "Yes, he remembers oh, you." And I was like, "Can you tell him I want to go on tour with?" You? Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So if 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 I can incorporate that into my comedy support, that would be where I'd take that. Because I did, at that time, I didn't know any girls, any females who were in comedy. None.
0: Yeah. Now, I'm
1: not saying that there weren't comedians then, because there were certainly quite a few television comedians. I mean, I, I, right. Joan Rivers was just coming on board, kind of, sort of. And I loved her story so much because I said we were kind of like parallel. In you know, in our early days, so she she was an inspiration, um, in mm. with respect to what women had to go through back then. Yeah. You know, to hear her story was like, whoa, okay, wow. So I'm we're we're kind of like in the same lane. Mm. So I like that question too. I really like that question. So thanks for asking. That's a good. Oh, yeah. man. Okay. Okay.
0: oh man, that's yeah. So uh, so to list people like. George Wallace and Jerry Seinfeld. And, you know, what I love about what you said about Robin Williams, um, you know, I, I I always had trouble connecting with people and I had a kind of rough background growing up and things like mm-hmm. that. So I was very protective of myself. And I remember the first time that I had a friend, like truly had a friend. And Michelle is obviously one of the best friends that I've ever known. Wait, and what? One, thing that I <laughs> one more time. Michelle is one of the best friends that I've ever had. <laughs> But
2: I'm looking out,
1: Michelle.
0: Good looking. <laughs> I think it's
2: because I live family. how many states away? Yeah, that's yeah, why I'm that's your best friend. That's how bad works. God's like, show up.
0: <laughs> yeah. God's like, listen, Junebug. Listen, Junebug. You can't have anybody real close to you because you go, there's little doses of Junebug. That's what you can handle, is all you can handle. But what I was thinking about Robin Williams saying is the first time I realized, like, why, like, when I had a, a true friend, I thought, well, how, what, how, why did I let my, this, my guard down with this person or, Or whatever. And it truly was because I think when someone sees you as greater than you believe yourself to be, and they look at you in a way that makes you feel like you really can do something. And you said Robin was telling you, Sylvia, you're going to be big. You're going to, you know, th- you're going to be something. And at the time he, he, you said he hadn't risen to his stardom yet. I, and, and this was just somebody who saw something in you. And a lot of times I think we struggle with that is, you know, having that confidence. And I can't imagine what that was like for you, because we talk about having someone there along the way. I can't even uh, remotely pretend to process everything that that you had to go through on your journey but I know at comedy club wise, when I look around and I try to find a clean comedian, female, you know, whatever I, I d- didn't have, like, I have my friends in Oklahoma that I can bounce stuff off right. of, but like mm-hmm. locally, I would struggle finding anybody mm-hmm. like me. And when you were coming up, there was not, there had to be sometimes. I would think that that it was kind of a lonely journey oh, and, and you were having to, to kind of make it up as you went along, I would assume. So did you have times that you kind of felt like you were on Sylvia Island and, and
2: you didn't have that life support? You know, how did you overcome those areas too? Yes. Okay. Okay.
1: That's, that's a, that's good. Um, I have to, I believe in my heart that God protected me I believe that he protected me from so much because if I was going through that today uh, in terms of trying to find a stage, I remember, especially in New York, I would be out on the streets at night, unafraid, totally unafraid,
2: mm-hmm. going
1: from place to place, trying to see if they had a stage because I you, nobody was, there were no, 15 comedy clubs in in you know in an area like there are today you know you might find one and so i used to have to go in and make the club owner at least try to make them uh, believe that i could take the crowd that they had in there at the bars and the and the tables and stuff i had to make them believe i could do that i i tell you what i remember one day going into the playboy club this is Baltimore. <laughs> I remember going into the Playboy Club all alone. Nobody with me. Nobody, because there was no, none of my friends wanted to ride around with me. And, uh, and by the way, I didn't even have a car. So I was doing buses and trains and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I going into the Playboy Club one day, not realizing what the Playboy Club really was. Yes. I, I just knew they had a stage and they had people that come in to perform. So I remember talking to, um, uh, the club, the, 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 manager. And I told him that I'd love to entertain his, his guests. And he said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, I do impressions and I'm funny. And I just like to, 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 to do your stage. You don't have to pay me. If I, if you like me and you want to pay me fine, but if not, you haven't lost anything. And right. that's how I would, I would move in and mm. get on some stages, but with respect to um having people i could meet up with or uh hang out with that was a lonely journey but i honestly believe that so much of the stuff that happened back then it it was really lonely but i didn't understand that it was lonely because i loved doing what i loved Mm -hmm. you know i loved it so much i didn't care about being lonely yeah. I just wanted to, I, it was just always so exciting to me to see all these people. And then I have to go on stage and take the microphone and hope that they like me. And oh my God. And when they did, I remember my first standing ovation. Mm. I wasn't even hired. You know, it wasn't even like they hired me for the club. I got the standing ovation begging, could I do your stage? Yes. And, um, it was, it was like, I can do this. This is what I want to do. This is this is me. Mm-hmm. And um I don't I don't remember having anybody to roll with me out on the streets in the clubs until about 10 years ago. Oh wow. So this is my 53rd year. Yeah. In in the business. And for all those years I pretty much was a loner. But people would come out to my shows and I, I I I know for a fact that God protected me from a lot of like any kind of depressions that I may have had to go through with respect to my career because I was like I'm getting all these standing ovations, the newspapers are writing about me. Where's when when do I get to do regular television or regular you know when? And yes. it's like I, I I've learned over the years that. It's God's timing, Sylvia. Sit yourself mm. down and wait until he says it's time, okay? And so that's mm. where I was back then. Mm.
0: What about that? Oh, my goodness. So d- when you were talking, um, talking earlier, I've been reading. Okay, so I'm going to hold up, Michelle. I have. I have. Almost there. Almost. I got that okay. to take with me to the beach. Got the hard mm-hmm. copy. I've been reading um, some of each. And I remember, uh, so the other one is um, Jelly Beans from Heaven. Yes. Listen, y'all, first <laughs> of all, get, get both of the books. But Sylvia, I'm just starting the Jelly Beans from Heaven. And the visual that you paint, this very first image of this creature, this what's going, and there's babies, and I'm not going to say too much, y'all, but I was just like, What? Am I reading? And that's why I ended up bouncing back and forth because I was like, oh, I want to know, but I want to read, but I want to know, but I want to read. So I'm going to be taking them to the, you know, I'm going to be taking them to the to the beach with me in a few days, and and I'm just so excited. But um, there were uh, there were a couple of things that you were saying that I remember from one of those books, and at the beginning it talked about uh, the adversity and some things that you faced, but at no point was it a deal breaker. No. Right. I mean, you still right. had the passion for it. It didn't matter if you bombed. It didn't matter if the door was closed. You were just right. going for it. And um, and I, I was kind of curious, you know, now, like as you see people out there and the grind and those kind of things, maybe mm-hmm. the what you see that was there before and how you kind of see the club scene and stuff now, because you're definitely seeing it from a different perspective perspective. And if you would have a a piece of advice maybe for people who are in that grind now of something maybe you wished you knew before or that you have always carried with you along the journey.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, let me address the jelly beans from heaven story that you started reading. Yes. Yes. I was uh, at a church in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, about 900 people And a little better than, but close to a thousand people, and it was a really absolutely wonderful show. And I'm telling my Whitney Houston story, and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, and I I know you guys will be Michelle with one L. I I mean, (laughs) Michelle,
0: Michelle, tell her why you only have one L in your name. Tell (laughs) Miss Sylvia.
2: Uh, I only have one L in my name because when I became a Christian, it scared the L out of me.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I love brilliant stuff. I really do. I really love brilliant stuff. So here I am in Philadelphia at this big church and all these people. And, you know, I used to have, I used to be nervous when the audience would be really quiet Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and they weren't laughing or they weren't doing anything, but they, the whole 1,000 people, close to 1,000 people were all sitting there like this, watching. Yeah. And so, all of a sudden, this voice says to me, Sylvia, because now I'm telling the Whitney Houston story. Mm-hmm. Tell your audience that when Whitney died, she went to heaven. And when you get to heaven, God assigns you a mentor.
0: Mm-hmm. Lena horn and
1: then he's saying this to me as I'm telling my Whitney, it was a guy. So, I, you know, I don't know who, it, well, I don't know if it was a representative from God or what. But anyways, yeah. he said, and then... Uh, tell them that Lena Horn was her mentor and then do an impression of both of them. And I ignored it. And all of a sudden the boys mm-hmm. got out. do it, do it now mm. to make a very long, wonderful story short. Jelly beans from heaven was almost handed to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to work on it. I didn't have to research. I didn't have to uh, look stuff up. It's like, God just use my imagination and I was even a little like surprised at some of the stuff that came up. And I was actually enjoying writing this crazy stuff. You know, like you said, the babies. One oh guy God. asked me, there's a chapter I'm sure you haven't gotten to yet, or maybe you have. It's called The Eyes. Mm. I don't even know where that came from. I have no clue where that came from. But I had a, a someone who reviewed the book said, Sylvia, I'd love to know where your head was in the book about the eyes, he said, that just, I was absolutely fascinated about that story. I'm like, okay. All right. All right. So let me move on, on to, but I had to tell you that because yes. I didn't know you had the book and it's yes. like, it's my most popular book. I mean, people want to buy the autobiography, but when, when they see the reviews on jelly beans from heaven, it's like, me, cause it's not a long book, you know, it's a no.
0: it's,
1: it's a fairly, but it, the, the contents are like, wow. I mean, I've been compared with other writers and so forth. But let me, let me get back to um, th- ask me the last part of the question again, because I forget.
0: um it was just that, like, is there a piece that you've carried along with you that, uh, you know, or a piece of advice or something that you've carried along your journey that would be helpful to, for people who are on the same kind of path?
1: Well, after having watched comics for five decades, mm.
0: I've
1: seen so much with, I'm in my sixth decade of watching comedies. I've watched comedy evolve. I've watched it change. I've watched it um, do all kinds of stuff to people, good and, you know, just good stuff and bad stuff. Mm -hmm. And for me, I know that my passion was deep. It was so deep. I could have cared less about anything Until my children got here, of course, you know, then that kind of changed the game. But during those first uh, 25, 30 years, I just I just wanted to do what I did. I just wanted to. I was like addicted to the microphone.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think the love that audiences around the world showed me in my early days, my passion grew deeper because some of the comments they would make when they'd come backstage to get an autograph or whatever, they were so like powerful that I knew that I I'd probably never be able to stop doing this. I, I I just, Mm. you know, my passion, it's like it grew with each show. And I would say, unless you are really, really serious about what you what you want to do, if you, if you really love comedy, and clean comedy is a whole nother a whole nother yeah. world. It's a whole nother world. And I've had, I'm I'm real happy, I've influenced several female comedians to, and I'm not saying anything's well, I'm not gonna say anything's wrong with it.
0: Right, right. It's subjective, yeah.
1: you know, it's subjective. Yeah. And um, whatever kind of comedy you do, fine. But I've I'm kind of proud of myself for influencing a couple of uh several a uh, female comics into changing their language in their comedy. Because one thing I said to two of them, I was talking to them one day, I said, now, if the president of the United States invited you to come and do his dinner or whatever mm-hmm. as, a, as a guest, are you going to take that material to the president's guests? Or any major conference? Because I do conferences and I do big people who I have to be careful Well, I don't even have to be careful because this is what I do. So I don't have to worry about accidentally seeing anything. But I would say to you out there, if you are serious about this, because a lot of people, there's so many comedians now that I look back and I smile. I'm like, where were all these people? When I started doing comedy, yes. there was like nobody to talk to. I didn't. Have, I couldn't ask anybody. You know how'd I do? Or what'd you think? Or oh yeah, none of that. I had to talk with me. My talk. My conversations were with me. So, if you're not serious, take a bow, and let the ones who are really, really serious about this, who really love comedy who really want to make a difference, who really want to inspire people to do better or just enjoy, just to give them something to smile about for that day. If that's not where you are, you might want to just step over to the side and let those people who mean what they mean and love what they mean to just pour into other people.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. You know, Michelle and I, like, I mean, we we record, audio record, video record our set, you know, and I know a lot of times, like in my head, it went one way and then I'll listen and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was not good. <laughs> or other times I think, oh, you know, they're, they, they didn't laugh two times. Mm-hmm. And then I listen and I'm like, oh, oh, they there's actually enjoyed it. Yeah, there's, but you know, when you started, that wasn't a, You know, just you saying, like, I didn't even have anybody to go. How did that go? You know, and that's been that's been a big deal for me. But I tell you one thing that's like a rule of thumb for me, though. No matter how an event goes for me, I don't listen for 48 hours because I'm like, if I had a great time and and everybody seemed to have a good time, you know, and it's really just to kind of analyze my material and to try and make it better. Right. Right. But I don't want to take away from myself if I had a good time and it was a good night and then I yes. listened to it. Now I pick myself apart. And then the same thing, if it, if I knew it was a bad set, I don't listen to it for 48 hours. Just to have a little time to let sting That's wear great. off and and all of that. But so so now I, I, I mean, I imagine that there were also some of your like favorite uh, performances. Maybe you did that. There's no audio or video record of it. Um, can you think back to a time, maybe a, a, something that you did that you're like, man, I wish I had that on tape. I wish I could show you that right now.
1: Whoa, dude, there's, there's a, you know, actually there's some recordings that took place, even though there are many, 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 many stories that I had that I wish I could, uh, uh, that I'd always wish that I had. And believe it or not, coming forward in the 2022s I'm being sent videos that have blown my mind I have one from 1992 I didn't even know someone had recorded it I didn't oh. even know it and they sent it to me and I'm like I wonder what else is out there yes. so sure enough this guy he's this that, that saw me on social media he sent me the uh, uh pictures of me on stage when i was like 21 that I had absolutely no clue even existed. And I'm telling you, I just broke down because I said there, I, let, okay, let me let me tell you guys this. I'm in Canada one night, but I'm on tour with Whitney Houston, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's Whitney Houston. God, yes. God. You know, I often wonder, I'm like, God, what, how, oh, thank you. First yes. of all, thank you for that, <laughs> what, how did I earn, the, your love like that to put me on tour 23 cities with this woman. Mm. So we're in Canada, and every night I've opened, she closed. There was nobody else on the show. She didn't want anybody else on the show. Sylvia opens with the clothes. So we would go out for all of her team, you know, hairstylists and makeup artists and road manager. We'd all go out front and watch her show because she'd always have thousands of people there. So this one particular night, she looks out in the audience at me, and she says, and I'm thinking, what do you want? <laughs> oh, you yeah. know, what What? What? do you want me to come up there for? So she did it again. And I said, I don't know if she's going to announce it tonight. It's my last night with her. You know, you just never know on these big tours. Right, these right. big, big, you Ooh. don't know what's going on. So I wouldn't mm. go. Well, Miss Houston sent security out to get me.
2: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> security. Now it's really a big deal.
1: It's big. <laughs> So I go up on the stage and, you know, they they tell me that Whitney wants you. And I go over to her. I almost cry every time I tell this story. I, 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 it's, it's just so amazing. So I walk over to her and you could see all like 13,000 people, just a whole sea of folks. It was like unbelievable. And she looks at me and she grabs my hand. And she holds it up in the air and she looks out at the audience. And she says, hey, wasn't Sylvia great? Wasn't she great? And June and Michelle, you, I believe you could hear the roar of the audience for miles. Mm. And she hugged me and I left the stage and I went back to my dressing room. I sat there and I cried my eyes out Mm. because Whitney Houston had just taken this stamp. Now, how long have I, how many years have I wished that I had that on film? Well, guess what? (gasps) No, (laughs) no, Sylvia, you have it. I don't have it yet, but (gasps) Arista records has it and we're trying to get a copy of it from them. Oh my
0: God. You know,
1: so it's like, oh, my goodness, and as a matter of fact, they have all 23 tapes. Because I used to wouldn't used to say, you know, I watched us, I watched our show tonight. I watched, it, and I'm like, well, How'd she watch it? Then, yeah. then it occurred to me they were filming,
2: they were filming wow. all that
1: time, and I didn't know it for all those years.
2: What a yeah, treasure! Wow.
1: Wow. Yeah, wow. so uh, while there are so many shows that I wish that we they I had someone had filmed there are a couple. I also have the entire, the the roast that I replaced Richard Pryor in for Muhammad Ali, Mm
0: -hmm. I
1: have the entire roast on film. It's like I look at myself and I go, "Oh my God, I was so cute!" I was just you.
0: Oh my gosh, you were and classy, man. Every picture I see of you, like it's—I mean, you are in fashion, but you look so classy, Michelle. I know you said you've been going through. You know what I'm talking about. You've yes. been watching these interviews, just classy, Sylvia.
1: Thank like, you. That is so class sweet. App,
2: all the way. Um, I listen- to say that,
0: you know, because June June <laughs> brings, it. Well, brings really
2: pop. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm putting up your social media right now because if any of our listeners um do have any footage, they need to make sure that they reach out to oh, you. Yeah, yeah, right? Absolutely.
0: So, so guys, I'm, Sylvia Sylvia's yeah. on Instagram, Sylvia T Morrison on Facebook, Sylvia Traymore Morrison. It's Trey, Tray, T-R-A-Y. Sylvia Traymore Morrison. Great. Yeah, Michelle. Good idea. So we pop it up there. If you yeah. have video of Sylvia, then we definitely we definitely Thank want to you. see that. And we and we definitely yes. need to get that. Now, so you've heard of uh <laughs> Michelle, you've heard of Muhammad Ali. Have you not? You know where he was born, don't you? Do you know where Muhammad I don't know was, where he was born? born Michelle? But uh he floats like a butterfly, stings like a bee. He's a bad man. He is a bad man and pretty so pretty. Listen, listen, Michelle. Michelle, where do you think Muhammad (laughs) Ali? I
1: love (laughs) (laughs) that.
0: He's in he was born in louisville, louisville, Louisville. there's there's a million different um pronunciations of Louisville. All the other ones are wrong except for the way I say it. I'm just he saying tells. it so no. so you said, yeah, who I, she she basically took the position of Richard Pryor, Sylvia did, in the Muhammad Ali roast. You looked absolutely gorgeous in it. I mean, just a tiny, like I could fit you in my pocket. You and Michelle both. If I had like big (laughs) britches on, I'd have Sylvia in one pocket. Michelle would be like, we're traveling. We're going to all have one plane ticket because we can all fit into my pockets. But as far as laugh support goes, um, if if I recall right, you said Dick Gregory, is that right? Um, Yes. He is the one who put those wheels in motion. Yes, he to did get it. you in that position. If yes. you, if, for our listeners, if you don't know who Dick Gregory is, you should. And mm-hmm. definitely we'll I recommend, Google. Um, um, I believe yes. it's Showtime. I think Showtime has a documentary on Dick Gregory. Michelle yeah. and yeah. Andy Freeman, who was the produ- producer of the Huckabee show, uh, early when I first started comedy, um, I heard him that somebody had asked him who his favorite comedian was. And and he starts talking about Dick Gregory and just what respect he had for him. And I looked him mm-hmm. up and just became obsessed with him as a as a human being, mm-hmm. as, a, like, oh. as a comedian. So so tell us a little bit about that. So Dick Gregory kind of put that in motion was your last. Yes. Episode.
1: Well, when when I when my dad died and I moved to New York, um, one day I was I was just. I read the newspaper that said that Muhammad Ali was coming to town because they were hosting a roast at the Apollo Theater and everybody was invited. You know, you got a name, you were going to be there. The NFL players, NBA players, movie stars, singers, just I mean, actresses, if they were going to be there. So I had to be there too. Even though I wasn't invited. But I
0: had to be <laughs> That didn't stop I Sylvia Traymore-Morrison.
1: Oh, oh I was, there was so, I could tell you so many stories about how I got into places where I was not invited and ended up being the person that they were so glad found my way into their event. So anyway, I oh, We're going to
2: circle back to that. Just FYI, we're going to circle back to that. But Okay, yes. go ahead. Tell yes. us, yes. Muhammad Ali, so go ahead.
1: So where I am- I got to figure out how to get into this roast. Okay? So I said, I got it. There's a show on television on NBC called Laughing. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, you guys may be too young. Oh,
0: yeah, no, you guys know no. Yep, yep. Yeah.
1: Okay. So there was a, an actress on it. Her name is Ruth Bussie. Yes. And Ruth Bussie used to have this little thing on her head. She had this, this, this little net hair thing to keep yes, her. Yes, anyway, yes, yes. This white guy would come up to her. And um get fresh with her. And mm-hmm. she would take her purse and pop him on his head. I love that. I love those two. I love them so much. I can't I can't think of the guy's name, but you would know him if I called his name. So it was mm-hmm. Ruth you, do you know who Ruth Bussy is? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She yeah. had
0: the, is the little black hair now yes, and she, yes. she had like a square jaw, yeah, over yes. and get in your face. Yes, yes. Oh,
1: Sylvia had her down. I was gonna be a Ruth Bussy at the at the roast, and I was gonna crash the roast and Pop Muhammad Ali upside his head with the bag. That, those were my plans. However, God said, no, I got something real big for you, sis. Mm-hmm. I mean, young lady. So I get a call from one of the girls I went to Europe with. She says, you're not going to believe this. Have a seat. I said, okay. She said, you don't have to crash the road, Sylvia. Dick Gregory's a good friend of mine. And Richard Pryor canceled, he canceled, Richard Pryor canceled the day of the Mm. roast. Oh, man. And he has nobody that can fill in because everybody's busy. You know, back then everybody was busy. Well, she said, get yourself ready because Mr. Gregory said he wanted you to come in and host the roast. Wow. I was like, wait a minute. What do you mean, host a roast? She says, you're going to host a roast. The NBC was taping it, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was, like, so floored because this was this was my dream. This was it. You know, this is national television with Muhammad Ali and Dick Cavett and Fred Williamson and Jim Brown. I mean, all these people who were on this, the, the roast. And so I head over to the Apollo Theater. And there's no script for the show. None. They'd already given Richard Pryor what he was supposed to say. Here I am trying to figure out what am I supposed to say or do or how do I do it? Oh, no. And it ended up being absolutely amazing. Just amazing. So what a, what a stage to be on. It was like, wow. So, mm, mm,
0: mm.
1: And, you know, Muhammad Ali is another one. I had just learned to do an impression of him. Just that. I mean, it it was the first day I did my impression of Muhammad Ali in front of Muhammad Ali. And I remember being on that stage and I had to bring him out and I looked at him and I said, Mr. Ali, just give me a moment. I have a surprise for you. And I immediately in my mind said my prayer. I said, you know what, God, you you really have to help me right now. I, I, I can't blow this. This right here is going to either make me or break me. So, mm. Lord, please, you know, and I'm walking to the and I'm saying this prayer to myself all the same thing. I probably could have said it out loud. Nobody would have cared. They would have loved it. So when I got out there to the front of the stage, I looked around, and I mean, there were people everywhere. And Ollie was watching me. He was standing there and all his just greatness and just, I've never seen a man like that. You know, it's, it's like he was a Thor or somebody. I don't know. Yes. But anyway, I went out there and I, I said, Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. I hit so hard, I turn a he into a she. And I'm telling you guys, when he came out, he grabbed—he this the same hand that went that Whitney Houston would eventually pick up. He mm-hmm. held my hand up and and he says, "You doing me? A woman doing me? That's awesome." <laughs> and I'm telling you, the audience ate it up. Uh, and I said, you know what, I'm I'm in my element. And that was the day, that was the same day Garrett Morse came and asked me uh, to go with him over to NBC to meet his boss, who's Lauren Michaels, mm. from Saturday Night Live. Mm. And he said, Mr. Michaels is going to love you because I had done several impressions Yeah. on, on the show. I, I didn't know, um, I wasn't doing Whoopi Goldberg or Wendy Williams. As a matter of fact, I'm not even sure if they were, uh, they hadn't become who they are. Right.
0: Either. Right.
1: But I was doing um Lily Tomlin, uh Ruth Bussey, Joan Rivers. Uh mm. I did eventually start doing um Dinah Ross and Dion Wark. And he took me to NBC. I met Laura Michaels. We all sat down in Mr. Michaels' office. I didn't even know how big this was. I had no clue. And yeah. that's why I said I believe God protected me from a lot of stuff, you know, so that I wouldn't overreact or overdo stuff or just be too oh, much. Yeah. Or, you know, all of that. So I'm sitting down and I'm there with Lauren Michaels and he offers me a position as an associate writer for Saturday Night Live. And that's how that came about. I was like, okay, I did one of the biggest stages in the world today. And then I get invited to NBC to meet Lauren Michaels with Saturday Night Live. And there you have it.
0: Wow. Do you have a favorite impression? Like a voice you like to do the most? Is there is is,
1: Oh, Whoopi Goldberg is always the first one.
2: That yes. is spot on. Your Whoopi is <laughs> yeah, yeah. spot on, yeah, yeah. So yes.
1: <laughs> well, for your listening, for our listening audience, right yes. then, here we are. Hey, hey, l- let me, l- let me, let me just say this. A lot of people think I was canceled, but I wasn't canceled. <laughs> I was suspended. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopi has for years been my favorite go-to impression. Um, oh
2: my goodness. I
1: well, just
2: Go ahead.
1: No, I was going to uh, tell June, one of the girls that was at the LOLGCA, the Living on Laughter Gospel uh Comedy yes. association. Angela had a show. Um oh. was it last week? Yeah, last Saturday, where she invited me to headline her show and uh she was she told she it was just so fun because a few of the people who were there were at the conference with us Yes,
0: yeah and
1: so now she got to see a full sylvia tremor morrison show she got to see the whole thing and she was like oh my god sylvia did so many impressions you know she was like uh i am uh, doing a one woman play i've been handed the script to do a one woman play entitled uh the return of jackie mom's mabley Jackie Mom's Mabley pretty much introduced stand-up to the world. I mean, stand-up comedy. Uh, People did comedy, but she was one of the first to actually interact with the audience. And she uh, was invited to the White House by two sitting presidents. Um, Ed Sullivan loved her. All of the talk show hosts back then, they loved her. So I'm Mm. bringing her back, but I'm also bringing eight iconic women who we're trailblazers in the entertainment industry. So I'm doing impressions of of Ella Fitzgerald, who's, uh, I don't know if you guys know what scat music is, but she was- Oh my
0: gosh. I used to, I used to scat with my kids. I used to, I'm not, don't ask Michelle, I'm not doing it because I would only do it because I can't do it. And, and my son would be like, You embarrassed the whole family with you. Did that. Yes, I love scat. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I had to interrupt. Because- <laughs> well,
1: no, that's okay. That's funny. Yeah. I, w- I wish you would, though, June. That would be mm-hmm. funny. Come no on. It,
0: um, it's just for comedic relief in my house because, you know, my kids would be listening to rap music or something. And I'm like, You know what? And for cool our listeners are- now. Yeah. Well, come on.
1: Well, speaking on. of rap music, um, I have coined the phrase that for Ella Fitzgerald, who's a, who was the scat queen. Yes, I coined the phrase: rapping is scatting, and scatting is rapping. Here we go. <make pudding> So there you go. For
0: for our people not watching that was me the whole time that was June Colson <laughs> scatting you just got the very first record of June Colson and her scatting skills <laughs> I can't follow that. I would know literally I'd be doing they would be listening to rap music and I would be doing the And they're like, stop, mom, Ooh, stop. You're doing good. No, that's awesome. You can do really I, can, I could wash dishes and dance around the house doing that. Just you know, anything that like my boys are huge, Sylvia. So in my act, I say they've gotten so big I can't break them up when they fight. So I figured if you can't beat them, you just tase them. Which my son Trey no longer stutters, Sylvia, so it works. They're it works. So I'm just saying. Cool. <laughs> but they're big, and so I don't have the power to wrestle them anymore. Right, 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 whatever. right. They're faster than me, but I will always have the power of humiliation in my back that pocket. Is- and if I have to, I'll, I'll be, I'll be at a high school basketball game. I will scat. If you want to get smart, if you're not behaving on the floor, I'll scat. I'll start scatting in the student that section. Is- That's what I will do. No
1: funny oh my goodness that's hilarious
0: i think <laughs> michelle should have to scat now since i've done it and sylvia's done it michelle do you scat
2: uh well when you when i heard you guys first say scat music i thought you were saying rap music and i'm thinking oh like mickey mouse like we're all going to you know, disney world right? now <laughs> that's where i thought you guys were going and oh. then I realized, oh no, we're we're talking like a jazzy kind yeah. of yeah. thing. Yes. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah.
2: Well, okay. Yeah. So this the one woman tour. Where is that
0: going to be?
1: We, you know what? We were scheduled to start in in Washington because that's where I live. But the pandemic shut everything down. As you, right. as we all know, you know everything got shut what? down. It's actually no. shut down. It shut down for almost a couple of years. So we're now in the process of setting up the theaters. That the play is going to. And it's it's kind of like it's an interesting form of comedy for me because I get to do her jokes in her voice. Mm-hmm. But I also get you know, singing was my first love. Yeah, I loved singing. So that's why when I heard your, your song, your opening song, I was like, Oh, I love this because I love music, I love singing, but then you know, back when I was first coming out into the real world. I was thinking, should I keep, because people say, oh my God, you can sing. And I said, now, wait a minute. There's like 4 trillion singers and one black female impressionist in this country. So I thought we had to go with with doing that. Mm. And and so, um, yeah, that's... that's, that's, that was so good, June. I'm
2: sorry. That was so good. Yeah, if you want to catch me singing, it's actually, uh, I'm on a rap video. It's called Back to Church Sunday. And uh, I'm the coffee queen doing things with the beans that you've never seen. Mm-hmm. So you can watch that mm-hmm. because they made me sound amazing. I'm just, you know, with a good production team. Give me a little I video. Let fantastic. me hear a little
1: bit of it, Michelle. Please let me. Well, know. That, was just- that was it.
2: That was that that was it. There was more lines than that, but well, it's been a minute, <laughs> so you might not remember. That
1: was good too. Did you who did did you write that or did you? Uh, no, someone wrote
2: it? um, I I didn't write it. It was one of those moments in my life when I'm like, Lord, I just want to be stretched just a little, and Aww. uh, he answered that, and so I got I got a call said, hey, you want to be in this rap video? I'm like, sure. I'm like you could say no. I'm like, no, it'll be fine. <laughs> I they asked me like three or four times if I wanted to back out. I'm like, no, no, I got this. I got this. I didn't have it, not at all. Um, but so the guy, the guys that wrote it, uh, since <laughs> I don't know music very well, he had to sing the music. So I was listening to how he sang it to learn the, the melody and everything, you know, so I was listening or the rap, whatever. Is it a melody? I don't know. <laughs> so I was listening to him. And then when we In had hers. to go lay down the track, um, he just started playing the music. And I'm like, oh, wait, no. Can you play the one that you're singing? Because that's how I learned it. So I had to have him singing it in my ears so I could do it, and then the next step after you know laying down my vocals, mm-hmm. then we had to then we had to film it. So now there, I have to lip sync to my own voice. Yes. I'm like, can't we do it to you? He's like, no, we can do your voice. I'm like, oh, okay. And then after that, what's there was the one name more of it? I need
1: you know where to go look for it. Look, go go and listen oh, to it. So give it to me it's, again.
2: Uh, it's back to church Sunday, church wrap. Okay. Yeah. We've yeah. got to send, and we've got to send a, definitely a messenger. And what's so, she's good. Michelle, you're really
0: good at it. And you, she's got a little Starbucks looking smock on and, and you, do you dance? I think
2: you dance. Yes. Even. Yes. I attempted a dance. I did a dab. I, I did a leg kick. It was really, really, uh, I stretched myself, uh, for sure. I should have stretched out before that. That was a mistake. I didn't do that. So um, it was fun. it was a, it was a really neat thing because it's it's different people in your church. so you have the nursery worker. I, I come on mm-hmm. after the nursery worker. So you have the the guy that the greeter, you've got the pastor, you've got the nursery worker, you've got the coffee uh, queen, and then you have um, the the worship pastor, you know in his little skinny jeans and all this mm-hmm. stuff. So it's just it's such a great um, thing that this company called Back to Church Sunday. They have this website and they just continually to produce content for smaller churches that they can like wow. buy and then mm-hmm. they can get it, their church's info on there. And let, it's really a neat thing. So I was just I was so honored to be part of it. Yeah. So that that's if you want to hear me sing, that's that's where you yeah. hear it. That's the place. Yeah. That's the place <laughs> now to I, do it. I have a huge question because I'm really I, I'm kind of. um, Yeah. OK, so Sylvia. Yes. Have you ever done any pranks as a celebrity? Mm. Um, you know, like, like when we were younger, we used to, you know, call up people and be like, Hey, is your refrigerator runner running? Go catch it. Like something stupid like that. Or like, you know, have you ever done anything, any kind of pranking? As Oh a yeah. Celebrity you
1: know what? It's amazing. I have had like stars call me up and say, um, uh, I'm about to call this friend of mine and they love Whoopi or they love Diana Ross or they love Dion work and mm-hmm. I wanna want them to think that they're actually talking to them. And they and I've I've done that countless times. Oh, wow. So I
0: would love to have been on a party line with, with like in my hometown, we had the party line. Can you imagine mm-hmm. Sylvia as a little girl picking up that party line and pretending to be? <laughs> like, they're trying to call the neighbors. Sylvia's got the neighbor's voice down. Like, you could have really, you could have <laughs> been on a party line in a small town all day long. My cousin <laughs> and I would get in trouble. We would like, you know, we'd be holding the voice in the little elderly lady. It made a click. She knew when we were on there, and we giggled. We listening to the conversation and the gossip in the neighborhood. And-
1: <laughs> that, or- that, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: anybody under probably forty years old will have to that's listening. You just Google what a party line yeah.
2: was. So,
1: oh so yeah. So, yeah, that was always fun too. You know, mm. always, always.
2: And then one other question: um, Have you ever, because uh, you, you know, you were you were doing Whoopi, Whoopi's voice? Mm-hmm. And then you just said that you, you weren't canceled, you know, you were um, uh, suspended or whatever, right? Yes. So just that little uh-huh. clip right there. The mm-hmm. thing that I thought of right away was uh, Barbara Walters. H- have you ever done, like, like celebrity interviews, like, from Barbara Walters' perspective? Like, can you do her voice and you're, you're oh. interviewing Whoopi? Because I think that would be great content. Um, it would be – I would watch those YouTubes. I would watch, wow. you know, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. like if you're doing – it
1: would be so I had neat. some um some people to come in, bring their camera work in, and what they did was they set up a round table for me, and I had like five different celebrities, me as them mm-hmm. at the round table. So oh, that was yeah. that, you know, I had uh Cher and uh Joan Rivers and Whoopi uh and uh you know, then they all talked to each other, and it was amazing, you know, it was like um. I, he got sick. I think he passed from COVID, so mm. we never got to finish the uh, the project. So, oh. yeah, that that's that 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 I you know I haven't thought about that in quite a while. So that might be something I might go back to. So thanks for 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 saying that. That's a. Oh,
0: well, Sylvia, we, we've kept you, kept you almost an hour. I would keep you just forever if I could. And um, look, my dog's causing trouble at this point. Um, But I definitely want to remind people where they can find you. Okay. So on Instagram, Sylvia Trey, I'm sorry, on Instagram, Sylvia T Morrison, that's S Y L V I A T M O R R I S O N on Facebook, Sylvia Trey with an A. Morrison. And friends, keep an eye out, especially for this one woman show. I definitely um, yes. anywhere near Kentucky. I, I, I know we talked over the summer, our friend Jen, um, Jennifer, that was at the conference, she lives in Atlanta. So I said, when it hits Atlanta, I'm staying with Jen, and we're going to go watch this show together. So but
1: you all definitely
0: Thank follow. you. I hope it
2: comes to Tulsa. That's all I'm saying. I really, really yes. hope it comes to yes. Tulsa. It needs to be Oklahoma right. as
0: well, for now. sure. But you all follow with Sylvia Trey Morrison. She is uh, it's, um, amazing. Trey Moore,
1: it's two Trey Moore. more.
0: I'm sorry, I keep That's saying okay, that. Sylvia, no, no, because- Sylvia, Sylvia Trey Moore Morrison. Yeah, you need yeah. more of Sylvia yes. Trey Moore Morrison. You, you can't go. get there enough. More and more and more. <laughs> And Sylvia, I just, I personally want to thank you. I told Michelle that um, I was just, uh, just overwhelmed and thrilled to death. And I knew that she was going to just see an amazing human being today. And we are both beyond honored that you yes. took the time out of your day to come and hang out with us. So thank yep, you so yep. much for being here.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. It was an absolute delight. Really. It was a pleasure. And see, Michelle, look at that smile of yours. You, there it is. Even with the window, whatever it is you did, you still glow. So there you there go. There it is. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. I appreciate it. I had a ball. Thank, Thank you. Thank
0: you, Sylvia.
2: Oh okay. my goodness, Michelle. What just ah! happened? Ah! An amazing interview, wasn't it?
1: <laughs>
2: yes, absolutely. I'm gonna put her backstage for a minute. There we go. Fantastic! Oh my gosh, June, you have the best guests ever. You seriously do. You're like, oh, let's call this person. Let's call the. Your connections are amazing. That's all I'm gonna uh, just say. Oh, well, listen, <laughs> I tell you what, that was definitely
0: God sent to be able to meet her and have her on here with us, you all. That's, um, I don't know. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go yeah. process how wonderful this was. How about you?
2: So, you all, let's history. Gonna be a- Oh yeah, was amazing. There's so much history there. There's so much a uh, wealth of information. So much uh, mm. talent. Like, does the talent ever stop with Sylvia? That's I. I don't think so. I think it just continues. I mean, it's yeah. just there's. It's an ocean. An ocean of talent is what she is. So yes, definitely. Yeah. Her books
0: again, don't forget, just look it up. You can get them on Amazon, um, for Mm -hmm. sure. And the jelly beans from heaven. Um, I'm just getting started on it and I will probably, when I, when I get to sit down on vacation, I'm sure I will probably read it in a day because I'm not going to sit it down once I get started. It's um, I, I've read a, a few pages in and I got very angry when I had to leave and go do mom stuff. Um. So I was like, <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm not going to pick it up again until I can actually read it all and finish it. Uh um, from Heaven, that- Almost There, Almost. That's
2: uh, are, are either of those book. on audiobooks? I'm
0: just, I don't I'm think curious, so, either- but
2: um if they are oh if she was doing the voice that would be so fantastic oh i know i know it it may not be yet
0: but definitely check it out who knows who knows if it's on there but i i like the hard copy i like feeling the pay also if i if i see her again I'll have this in my bag and and get her signature on. It's hard to get somebody to sign an audio copy. It's just uncomfortable. It's awkward when they sign your your iPhone. You know what I mean? Or iPad. It's just weird. (laughs) It's just weird to, to ask that. Well, Michelle, that's it for this episode. As always, Jesus and Junebug loves you. And Michelle, sign us off, my friend.
2: I just want to say you are seen. You are valuable. We appreciate you listening. God bless.